Blog Talk Radio. You got to accentuate the positive feeling. Mind the negative, latch on to the affirmative. Don't mess with Mr. In Between. You gotta spread joy up to the maximum, bring gloom down to the minimum, have faith. A pandemonium liable to walk upon the scene. Welcome to Blog Talk Radio, and thank you for tuning in to another edition of Positively Affirmative. This is the show where we affirm you, our listening audience, with education, information, and resources in the areas of self-care, career development, business building, and wealth consciousness, challenges, and solutions. I am your host, Katrina Jones, Prosperity Life Coach of Satari Life Skills Institute, along with Hasina Roach, Relational Consultant, and Wanda Miles, personality, Radio Personality. As we begin our discussion, um, we're going to ask you to please join us by blogging or calling in with your comments and questions. And we want you to know that we are a heart-centered community, and we always want to be respectful of each other's opinions and differences. We believe that we have more in common uh, and choose to focus on the best that everyone brings to the table. Therefore, we consciously agree and disagree at times while working from each other's similarities and differences. We are a diverse group of global, uh, we are a diverse group and a global community. Hey, Wanda, how are you doing today? I'm pretty good, and yourself? How's your week? It's been pretty good, you know, studying all the time, but um, it's been a good week. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How about yourself? Um, for me, it's always just getting through the week, having some fun in between, and uh, I'm always looking for work. So that's like a constant <laughs> thing okay. to keep me busy and oh. occ- keep my mind occupied. So, yeah. Awesome. Hey. Hi. Hello. Hi. Is this Eva? Hello. Well, today... Hi, is this Eva? No, this is Hasina. I got hey, through. Hey, Hasina, how are you? <laughs> good. How are you doing? Good. We having good. a little bit of technical. Yeah, we having a little bit of technical difficulties. You know, today okay. our, our show topic. Today our show topic is a BYOB, taking the plunge from working for others to being your own boss, and we are waiting for. Um, we're still waiting for our guest uh, to sign in, but our guest is, is uh, Eva Ford, and uh, we're going to ask you to, to take a deep breath and, and exhale while we discuss the, the secrets of entrepreneurship. Um, whoa. So I hear I hear some background noise. Are you okay? Katrina. Katrina? Yes. I think so. I think okay. that's uh, the little one walking away. Uh, oh, okay. We're good now. How's your week been? How's your week been? My week has been good, busy. 
Very busy. Before you know it, it's Sunday. Okay, awesome, awesome. Well, um, you know, our our, uh, guest has not signed in yet. Not sure what's going on. She was going to Skype in. Um, But until she comes on, and and hopefully she will be uh, coming on, um, you know, today our topic is going, was going to be about or is going to be about, um, you know, building your own business or, you know, having your own business, taking the plunge and, and being your own boss. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, this is such a, a good topic, such a vital topic because in, in these days and times, it's so um difficult to rely on an employer uh first of all to take care of all your needs and then second of all um to to for many of us to think that we're gonna have one job from the time that we uh start you know start our our entry into the workforce until the time we retire and that will be yeah. an account of money that that helps us to meet our needs. Was that you, Wanda? Um, no, but okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, the mindset in the 21st century, and and we are in the 21st century, is to think about, you know, what are my gifts, my skills, my talents? What are those things that I can I could do? Um, I love to do. I do it for free, but somebody might pay me for it. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. we, we owe it to ourselves. We owe it to ourselves to 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 have these type of thought processes and dialogues with each other, because being your own boss is one of the only ways that we'll be able to uh, work and and have unlimited opportunities. For for potential. So, what are you ladies? What are your thoughts on that? I believe that. You, go ahead, Wanda. No, no, go ahead. Because I I've not been my own boss ever, really. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to follow your lead. But there are some yeah questions I'd certainly have. I would say being your own boss, and it's so funny. I was just watching something online about. What most people don't know of being your own boss is you're working at least 50 hours a week, at least. And you at have least. to do that for a certain amount of time before you really become your own boss. It takes a while to do that and then have the money start coming to you. And the girl that I was looking at at that time, I was actually looking at something on YouTube, she she was explaining a person that's rich and a person that's poor and how the mindset is. She used the great example of when somebody wins the lottery and, hey, some poor people win the lottery. And they're like, oh, I'm a millionaire now. And the rich person would say, no, I'm not a millionaire. i got to keep that million going. So it's not about cool. keeping flow going when you are a business owner. Okay. Makes sense. You know, 
Oh, you know, I, I like that. And, you know, one of the things that you that you said that really struck a chord with me, you talked about people who, you know, who, you know, may win the lottery and, and become, you know, become um, successful um, in, in that way. And mm-hmm. one of the things that I know about the lottery is that most people who, who win the lottery, you know, within five to ten years, they're completely broken in. Mm-hmm. And, the reason, yep. and the reason for that mm-hmm, is because the mindset that they had uh, before they, you know, got that money, because the same mindset that they had once they came into money. And often they weren't managing, they weren't able to manage what they had. Mm-hmm. That they, you know, that they had, and so when they got more, it just meant that they, their toys got bigger. It means that their expenses got bigger. People came out the woodwork, you know, winding it. No money, and they really no didn't. problem. <laughs> right, and and they just didn't know how to manage it. Um, didn't know how to manage it, and so as an entrepreneur, um, as a business person. One of the key um, things that have to happen is that we have to change our mindset. Mm-hmm. And for many of us, now there are some folks who've been lucky enough to have entrepreneurs in the family. You know, my my mom or my dad was a business owner. My cousins are business owners. My uncles are business owners. They may come from a legacy. Mm-hmm. Of um, you know, of business owners, but many people are first generational um, yeah. business owners, and for those of us who are starting a business for the first time, you know, it does take a lot of not only skill but a lot of um, practice, a lot of practice. Oh and yeah. And where we get that, you know, where we get that information from to practice, it comes from a variety of different places. Um, You know, for some of us, we have mentors who um, guide us along the way. For others others of us, it starts with us having an idea. Well, all of us starts with us having an idea. But for many of us, it starts with having an idea and then going uh, to those uh, organizations, going to those membership um, organizations and and uh, entities that help business owners or that help mm-hmm. people who are interested in certain areas, helping them to uh, foster their love for what it is that they do as well as learn the competencies of what it is that they do. And, um, you know, I'll give you an example for, for me um, as, a, as a coach, as a life coach. One of the things that I did was I had to go to college, or not college, but I went to business school. I went to school where I learned the competencies of coaching and became certified. Right. Now, some folks go some folks go an extra step and they join the, you know, different coaching federations um, so that they can gain additional skills and additional knowledge and, and credentials and credibility. 
um, in most cities there are local coaching chapters where you can, where one can become a member. And every month there is a topic that deals with one of the one of the core competencies of coaching. So that's a place for coaches to go and learn and grow. But for business, for uh, you know, accountants, there are uh, organizations that they join. Um, for you know, many different um, business owners, there are you know that is a a key source of of information and, and knowledge. You know, associations and and again mentorship, and again mentorship. And I don't know, you know, I don't know what happened to Eva. Um, gave her the information, so there may have been some difficulties. Um, but um, so that is one way. Now, you know, she was going to talk about how to transition from working for someone else to becoming your own business person, becoming your own own boss. Um, mm-hmm. How to transition from being a student to um, to being your own boss. And again, if you don't have those others to follow behind, uh, friends or family, that can be a huge transition. And um, right. one of the one of the one of the best things that we need to do is take care of ourselves. Um, because for me, with my business, it was a, it started off as a home-based business. And uh-huh. so when I was working, as I when I was working, I had um, I, my job required me to to stay active. I was always moving, always moving around. But when I work, when I began to work from home, I began I became stationary, and um, I didn't move as much as I did before. And I was at home, so I had access to the kitchen and. You know, and I, I ended up gaining weight, and, and um, at some point I had to kind of force myself to to get up and get out. And for me, you know, that's when I began to join a different organizations. I, I, you know, I joined a coaching organization. I joined a chamber of commerce, which is a yeah, great that's source good. of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a great source of information and resources and a great way to network. So, um, you know, it's different. Um, it's different for every body, but there are some some core uh, steps that, you know, that uh, being your own boss will require for you to, to be able to do. You know, when you work for a company, they already have their business plan. Um, uh-huh. you know, they they already have their vision plan. They already have their, their business plan. They have their vision. They know where they're going. They know how they're getting there, what steps they have to take to make it happen. But as a as a biz, as an entrepreneur and as a a biz, as a small business or as a boss, you're the one who you know, has to sit down and, and and maybe you have a team and maybe you don't. But you're the one that has to come up with that vision. 
and that plan for the future. Where do I see my business a year from now, five years from now? And, and what steps do I need to take in order to make it happen? Um, so a lot to, you know, a lot to think about. So Eva, she's going to be calling in momentarily. She's going to be calling in momentarily. We had a, a little difficulty, a little challenges. But, um, you know, also... You know, when you start a a business, you know, you have to figure out what type of entity do you want to be? Is this going to be a a limited liability corporation? Is this going to be um is this going to be a corporation? Is this going to be just a just a, a independent business? Mm-hmm. And and so that is research that you know, that one has to do. We're trying to figure out um, taking those steps to become a business owner. So, um, okay, so Eva, she's going to be calling in, and yeah, I gave her the call-in number. Give her the call-in number. You know some other things. Some some other. Um, so tell me now, um, Christina. Yes. You have, you have your own. You have your own business. So, mm-hmm. um, what? You know, what type of business do you have, and what are some of the thoughts that you had to put into it as you were developing? Well, to be honest, for me, I was mm-hmm. consulting at the time, and the business I was consulting for wanted me to start my own business. So that was the jump start for me to go in there and get my LLC. And people might think it's hard to do an LLC, but it's not as hard as people might think to start your own business. You have to contact the IRS and do certain paperwork. You get your um, EIN number, I believe that's what it's called, or a TIN number, and you go from Mm -hmm. there. There's a lot of different things you can go and do. I know one thing I was trying to do is see if I can get some grants. So I was a part of some federal program at a time, and it took a lot to do. It took some late hours of going on a computer, researching this, doing this to get that. But I think the biggest thing that you have to do is learn from your mistakes. Make sure you have people that you can network in, network with more than I believe I had in the beginning. Mm -hmm. They gave me my referrals. I I didn't have to go out and get my own referrals. And the difference with that, yeah, and with that company, they actually wanted help. And like I think I said before, a lot of my clients were mandated. So it was more of a challenge at the time for people to see me, but then with them, they actually wanted the help. Um, the networking is very important, and I'm seeing that more now in planning. Planning, I think what we do as business owners, we're very optimistic, and I think that's a great thing. We have to always put our best foot forward, but we need to plan for the mishaps that could happen. Um, there are things that you have to do with a bank. 
you know, so you get certain license numbers through the state and through your city that you have your business in. Even if it's a stay-at-home business, there are certain things you need to have in place. And sometimes people don't think about that. So make sure you plan and really do a lot of research. Um, What else could I say about that? Um, I, I think number one would be networking and making sure that you can get with other people. And don't feel like you need to do a whole new situation or spin your wheel a different way. A lot of times somebody's already did it before you, and if you have good mentorship, you can also find your way. So I would say mentoring, networking, doing your own research, and also planning. A lot of times they say that you should have at least six months out before you start a business, and I mean finances, because you never know. Little things as paper, that costs money, ink, it costs money, postage, that things, those things cost money. Um, whatever material you might be using, I don't know. I, I, I also do the counseling, but I, had, I was able to do a do, doing business as DBA, with the body butter, mm-hmm. being that I already had my own business. And it takes a good bit of material, especially if you want to use real natural things. It, you, you can't just go buy the cheap stuff if you want a quality product. So you need to make sure you have that money. Um, you might have to do relabeling. So there's a lot more that comes into it. And I loved my labels in the beginning, but then I got um, critiques, good critiques from my um consumers because I had my body butters at two stores and they loved it. They loved the content of what it was, but then they said, we don't like the label. Change your label. Ooh. So that was something yeah, I had what, to... I have a question. Oh, what, go ahead. Like, what, wouldn't, what wouldn't they like about a label? I mean, how... Um, just, I, I like, like it doesn't appeal to them? Uh, it was just the color. I like black and gold. Uh, my the theme of my natural body products was royalty. So when I think of royalty, I think of black and gold. And because I, I had different, see, and yeah, I think of purple too. But what the yeah. store owner wanted me to do was actually do it by color. So I have eucalyptus mint. He wanted it in a huh. light minty green. He wanted the gotcha. lavender in a purple. He didn't want uh, the black and gold with the white label. And I loved it. But he was like, mm, it's too dark. Do something else. Okay. So okay. I had to be okay with that. And, you know, yeah. in hindsight, I could say the black makes it a little drab. Cool. Or, yeah. So well, be open to Christina, I lost a little bit about what you were saying. Um, okay. You, you kind of went out a little bit. Okay. Go ahead and go ahead and fire away with your question again. Which part did so, you miss? So when you were talking about what you know, what your target market, which are the people who were purchasing your products, or the people that you wanted to purchase your product, mm-hmm. um, it was they natural were giving you Mm-hmm. They were giving you feedback about the color mm-hmm. of your label, and mm-hmm. I, I didn't catch everything that you said about that. That was interesting. What, what were you saying? Well, he just said that he he loves the product itself, and the label's okay, but he felt it should be more bright and not just black. Everything was black, and he said you need to specify. 
So easy way to specify that you have lavender versus eucalyptus mint versus another scent is putting it by color, color coding things. So that's the only thing. It's not like he didn't like the logo or the words on the label. It was just the color of it being black. Even though I loved it, I had to take that critique and say, okay, I need to change this color. So, and it takes a lot, especially when you're doing things on your own. Um, I believe, Katrina, you and I talked about this. People don't know what we do behind the scenes to have a blog talk radio, the hours that you to put in just, you know, where people think it's nothing. If you have your own business, the hours that you put in behind that. I was doing my own label, so it took me hours and hours to fiddle around with the label and the colors and asking other people what they think until I got to a place. I even went somewhere thinking, okay, I'll have somebody else do it for me. And it was best that I did it, but it took me a long time because I'm not that technical. So it took a while, but it was worth it at the end. You you bring up so many good points. You know, a lot of times as a a business owner, I can't do everything. Mm -hmm. I can't specialize in everything. You know I mean? I love to facilitate workshops. I love to write my workshops, but I hate the technical piece of (laughs) managing my website and updating it. I I mean, I absolutely don't like it. And for some Uh years, I had a web person who had a a journalistic background, and he managed my website for me. Uh Uh, You know, and I, I I would write a blog, and he'd post it and, you know, make corrections or whatever, and I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And you know, and I, I paid him to do it, but it was so worth it because it took time. That time that I was taken to do that, which was a chore for me, I was able to spend more time doing the piece that I love, which was the exactly. creating my workshops and, and the actual teaching. So, you know, in the beginning we may have to do it all, but we can't always do it all, and we have to start looking for who do we want to be a part of our team. Right. So just just the mere fact that you're you're not selling to just you or you're not trying to benefit just you. You need other perspectives, you need other opinions yes. and just to try and take it all on your own is just not fair to your customers, quite honestly. So uh-huh. I think that you know, being a business owner is knowing when and where to go for those other ideas and then to filter through them. And that's you know, that's part of it. I mean, it, I, I realize that financially it's not always the luxury in the beginning to have those people, but I'm, I think certainly bouncing it off friends, maybe not your mother, but uh, you know, people around you that have a better idea of what you want and what you're trying to achieve. Right. And just, I mean, delegating has always been, I think, is, is, a, is a key ingredient for a great business owner. I mean, being able to delegate other responsibilities at times. Mm-hmm. It's funny because one thing I would definitely say, too, is know your worth. Um, I think sometimes we sell each other short um, in regards to therapy or doing the body butter. Um, I jumped my price up two times within the year when it came to the body butter because I looked at my competitors and I looked at their ingredients 
And it's like all these ingredients are fake. Yes, I only have three ingredients in my body butter, but it's, excuse me, actually good. You know, it's three ingredients is better than 15 of things that you can't pronounce, you know, and they're selling it for like $25. So I jumped up my price for everything, you know, twice in a year, and it was the best thing I did, and I don't feel guilty about it, and you should not feel guilty about it, and that goes back to knowing your worth. Just like um, Katrina, ocean session, I believe we talked about, I have, I have a colleague that she's an executive coach, and she charges like thousands of dollars for a session. Now, yeah. I don't know her background and her training, but that's how much her price is, and she's not changing it. And I know a yeah. person that's a therapist, and she has done a lot, and she charges 60 to 80 you know, and she has her yeah. master's. Well, master's now yeah. going on to doctorate. So, right. So being able to, you know, being able to market your product based on the audience that you're reaching and, and based on the geographic location where you are. Uh, and, you know, don't, don't, and those are part of, that's part of the research. You know, that, that's part of your marketing plan. Absolutely. Uh-huh. But you mentioned something, Christina, you mentioned something earlier that I thought was really uh, worth talking about the importance of when you're starting your business and you're going from working from for someone else or school to starting a business, ensuring that you've saved up enough money to get uh-huh. you through. Now, statistics, statistics say that business owners within the first five years of their business will fail. Yes, and that's often, true. And all. And often that failure comes from lack of financing. Uh-huh. Because uh-huh. the first five years of a business, you're putting money back into the business. You're not even, yeah. you know, most of the time you're not even making a profit. You don't even Right, you're not profit. making much. Right. And, and so, you know, making sure that you have enough to pay your bills. And a lot of times, you know, a lot of times, it, you know, you don't just you don't leap from having you know having your uh, working for somebody else to working for yourself. It's a gradual, it, it's a gradual progression. Uh-huh. You know, because typically you start working part time for your business while you're working full time, and uh-huh. as you you know as you're developing your plan, as you're launching your mar- you know your marketing strategy, as you you know, begin to network and, 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 and you know, and, and and market your product, over time, you know, ideally when you see that your revenue that's coming in from your business is, is, is approaching the amount that you're making from working every day, you know, there's, some, there's a school of thought that says that's when you begin to, you know, make your make your transition. You know, but there are, there are right. different thoughts. There are different schools of thoughts on that, and that that is definitely one of them. Um, because you do need to have stability. Yeah. You know, you still need to be able to pay the bills, but also, right. Christina, as you were talking about being able to um, to save money or have some something, have a money saved up. Um, it, it, it dawned on me. You and I, we were talking about Gladwell, and having, mm-hmm. and, you know, it, when you, 
being an expert at anything takes 10,000 hours. Yes, I remember um, you saying that. Malcolm Gladwell, and, for the listeners, Malcolm Gladwell yes. is an author. He has great books out there. Yes, yes. And so being able to, um, you know, have that trial and error, <laughs> and not being uh-huh. afraid to have error <laughs> and trials. It, it's, it's huge. It's uh-huh. huge because uh, you know a lot. You know there could be some who think, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm on fire. I got passion. I'm gonna get in here. I'm gonna start this business, and I'm gonna make X amount of money. And the reality is that you know it takes time to build up that momentum. And, and all depending on what your business is, that time could be months. It could be years. It all depends. Yep, very true. I know so many people that jumped out there, and they did well for a little time, and then, you know, they dissolved their business. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I'm not sure uh, with, with uh, Eva. There may have been some technical difficulties. She did text me. Um, she did text me, uh, so I, I'm not sure what's going on. But, you know, marketing. Marketing uh, is they, marketing is typically the last part of the business plan um, as you uh-huh. work on the, the different steps of a business plan, but it's also the most expensive oh, yes. part of your business plan. It, you know, it's going to take the most money. And... You know, knowing what your marketing strategy is going to be, having a marketing strategy, uh-huh. um, huge factors, huge factors, and and definitely, you know, definitely uh, aspects to think about. Um, you know, when you're starting your own business, knowing who your competitors are. Uh-huh. You know, who who are who are my competitors? Who are the other folks in my industry who are doing what I'm doing? And and how are they doing it? How are they right. doing it? And you know, as I as I look at at uh you know at researching who my competitors are, a lot of times not looking at them as competitors, uh-huh. but as 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 people that I could potentially um out you know um align with. And, and I say that because. When when we go out when we go out uh, on a main street, we see five or six or seven fast food restaurants right next to each other. Uh-huh. They know what they're doing. There there's Wendy's, there's Taco Bell, there's you know right there's McDonald's, there's there's Burger King, uh-huh. and although and although they are all fast food restaurants, they all have their own specialty. Uh huh. They each have their own specialty. And they they're all they're all um um you know marketing to um a particular segment, not necessarily the same segment, sometimes yes, sometimes no. But they don't uh-huh. you know, they 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 do more collaboration than than we would even think they do. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, oh yeah. So yeah, so you know, not when when I'm in a coaching workshop, when I'm in a coaching at a, at a coaching federation um, <clears throat> monthly meeting, 
and and everyone in the room is a coach, I'm not looking at these folks as my competitors. I'm looking at these folks as my allies, people that I can learn from, folks I can learn from, um, folks that I can gain some some additional information from. um, Because, you know, no two people always target or, or gather the exact same market. True. And there's enough to, there's enough to go around. Do I have a wealth mentality or do I have a, a mentality of scarcity? Right. So, um, you know, those are aspects to think about as well. Now, um You know what you I know, find talking bit. about marketing? Mm-hmm. Uh mm-hmm. I think about how much is spent on social media and I was looking some things up and it says 49% of small businesses have found social media marketing effective for their business. So 49%, that's a big, that's a big percent. Yeah. Yeah. And we got to be honest, this is what, you know, things are going to, uh, even when I put up the blog talk radio, the first thing they asked me is, do you want to pay for a promotion? That's the first thing they said, and we're just a community. But that's the way everything is going. Everything is media. When I was doing my Epiphany Creations to Body Butter and I was doing a solution-focused consulting services, LLC, I would go to Hootsuite, and they have other um, entities out there that actually will post for you, but you can only do a certain amount for free. And then after that certain amount, you have to pay. But that was helping a lot because the more that you post something online and online, more people see it. You know, you share on your page, somebody might share it on their page, and that's how it goes. That's how you get out there. Sad to say, but it's true. Uh, Things are different. It's not a knock on a door anymore. It's not a, sometimes it's not a brick and mortar anymore of a business where you can go to. A lot of stuff is online. It has its pros and cons, too. Sometimes I'm trying to get in touch with some, like, create space. That's where I'm publishing my books from. And it's a challenge to get to them. You know, I'm on hold or, you know, I have to call 50 numbers to get to that one because online it says it's this and then it's something else. But it is a good tool. And that's something a business owner should definitely think about in investing in some type of promotion through the internet. Definitely. Cool. Mm-hmm. You don't even have to do magazines anymore. Yeah. You know, I think that's really interesting because, um, you know, some folks are more um, social media savvy than others. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then and for me, you know, and I do some things on social media, definitely, you know, LinkedIn and um, mm-hmm. You know Facebook and Twitter, mm-hmm. and, um, but you know I'm not on Pinterest. <laughs> and then there, there's some yeah. other there's some other um, social medias that that are new for me. Um, you know, new for me that I hear folks talking about. But you know, getting you know getting comfortable and um, practicing so that you can feel comfortable uh, with social media. Uh-huh. For the for the younger community, I mean, you know, the younger folks have grown up with with social media, but for you know, older folks, um, much like myself, 
Right. It, it can be a challenge. You know, it, it can be a challenge. It can yeah, be. It really can be a challenge. Mm-hmm. Well, let me just throw out these mm-hmm. stats. 82% of small businesses go to Facebook first. Then they go to YouTube. Then they go to Twitter. Then they go to LinkedIn. And LinkedIn is 73%. So that is just a thought process of, oh, my gosh, I need to get online. Because that's where we, and I hate to say it like this, but there's not that time factor that we used to have anymore. Like even I was telling a a relative, oh, go to Blog Talk Radio to look at it. And I said, you can call in. She's like, "Mm, I'm probably not going to call in. I'll probably go online and look at it. It's as simple as that. People don't even want to pick up the phone anymore. Even when I have a question for maybe Facebook and I'm trying to do something on Facebook, I'll just do a Google search. And they don't they don't have a phone number for you to call anymore. So let's hope you find your question on one of those, you know, wiki or whatever it is to give you that right answer or you might be in a situation. So that's what it's moving to. Mm-hmm. Let's really interesting. Let, let's talk about um, let's talk about um, you know your customer. How do you find the right customer for you? You know, how do I find the right target market? How do I find those folks that I want to reach out to? And um, and I know in service as a coach, um, it, it, as a coach. I want to. I really look at my pro. I really look for profiles for folks who are very similar to myself. Mm-hmm. Um, in in personality, and one of the you know one of the things that um, if you're working with uh, a coach or if you're working with a consultant about uh, you know starting a business, when it gets to the point where you are. Uh, trying to figure out who is my audience, one of the exercise that, exercises that uh, is, is typically given is for for one to create a profile of who is the person that you would most, most likely feel most comfortable um, selling to. You know, what does that person look like? Yeah. Um, what do they what, do? You know, where what 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 do they do? What are their hobbies? Um, uh, where do they live? What, you know, what do they? What kind of shopping do they do? You know, how old are they? What are they? What are their age? Are they are they male? Are they female? Um, you know, there are a, a core set of questions that that we ask ourselves um in service and in well at least I know as a coach um you know that was that was one of the one of the ways that I began to identify who are the folks that I would feel most comfortable working with because uh-huh. uh, I cuz I don't work with everybody as a coach you know um you know sometimes uh-huh. I refer people on to to other people that I think you know would best meet their needs um right but but being able to identify who is my target market, who am I, who am I reaching to? Um, you know, that's an important question to to ask. Uh huh. Very. Mhm. Mhm. 
Now, um, let's talk about, you know, as a, as an entrepreneur, as as your as a boss. I may, as a boss, I may be the only one that is a part of my organization, but I may have people who work under me. Uh-huh. So, you know, let's talk about leadership styles. Yeah, because that, you know, that becomes a, a issue. The way I manage myself uh, may or may not be the same way that, that I can manage that I can manage others. Right. Um and, that's and I know That's uh-huh. a big one. <laughs> I know adults typically don't like to be managed. <laughs> No, no, they don't. And especially no, don't. if you're a younger adult, I consider myself a younger adult. And when I did have to manage um, in a previous career of doing retail and I was in management, it was uncomfortable, even for the customers and myself, because they're like, who's the manager? And I'm like, I am. That's a little scary, but I remember... I have a friend. She had a salon, and the salon was very good, and she didn't even have to have a lot of people in her salon to make her overhead that she needed to and enough money to take home, to have her new car, to live in a nice area, but she hated it. So she actually moved away, and now she's back to being an employee at a salon versus being a boss. And you have to have a certain mindset to be a boss. You have to be a diplomat, and not everybody are they're they're not not everyone is able to do that. And I think it's because we take things personal. We put our own you know insights on things when really it's about as I would say. And I thought I was a good manager, and I never heard anything different. <laughs> Nobody calling, but uh, they they loved me. Because I would say, I don't care how you do it, as long as at the end of the night, it's done. And it's not, you have to do it like this, you have to do it like that. As long as it's done at the end of the night, I don't have any complaints. So I got along well with all the employees that I managed. You know, there's something called social intelligence. And actually, um, uh, uh, emotional social intelligence and you know one of the questions that I think is important for uh someone who is a boss, their own boss even to ask is how socially how emotionally intelligent am I? How socially uh. intelligent am i and 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 all that means is how well how how good am I with getting along with others? How how good of a job do I do uh, with getting in touch with other people's, how other people are feeling and doing? And how well do I get in, con- in touch with how I'm doing, how how I'm feeling? Uh-huh. You know, how emotionally intelligent am I? Mm-hmm. I, I think what you're saying is very true when I think about, you know, there is a lot of changes in the United States and the world, and your perspective might be different than the world, and you have to keep that in check because you're dealing with all kinds of people. So you need to know where you are and where other people are 
and also how you're going to do the tango with those other people you have to work with or work for or work over as maybe a manager. So you have and to check really, yourself checking at the door. <laughs> you know, and I really like that because as as being my own boss, I may not have employees up under me, but I may work with vendors. Uh-huh. You know, I may work. I may work with consultants. I mean, there are many consultants that I work with, um, and there are other, there are, there are folks that I am uh, networking with and dealing with on a on a pretty much daily basis. Uh-huh. And I have to be in. I have to be in tune with the different environments that I'm in and out of. I have to be in tune uh-huh. with the folks that I'm, you know, that I'm interacting with on a regular basis. Um, and in order in order to do that, I have to I have to be able to check in with myself. Right. You know, how am I doing? What's going on with me? Um, uh-huh. So that if I'm out of if if I'm out of alignment, I can kind of take a deep breath and get my myself together. You know, as I uh-huh. begin to interact and 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 and, uh, and um, do business with other folks. Uh-huh. And uh, what. Wanda, you, I mean, Hasina, um, you said something really, really great. Um, you talked about being able to deal with people from a global perspective, right? And and that is that is so true because we don't know. Our jobs may have us travel. We may have uh-huh. to have lunch and dinner and dinner with folks. Uh-huh. And how etiquette etiquette is all about making other people feel comfortable in my presence. Yeah. Right. And and how well am I able to do those those soft skills? You know, cuz there there's uh-huh. two parts to to having to be an entrepreneur. You know, the first part is the nuts and bolts. Do I have my business plan? Have I registered my business? Um, you know, have I done my marketing plan? What um you know what are my strategies? Uh, you know what are my strategies? What is my my strengths, my weaknesses, my opportunities, the threats of of of, of my business? But then there's a, a soft skill side of it. How well am I dealing with people? Uh-huh. Um, am I able to, you know, in in a, in a situation that I'm unfamiliar with, am I able to? Um, Make allow other people to, to feel comfortable in my presence. Do I go right. places expecting other people to be like me, <laughs> or do I realize uh-huh. that you know, that, you know, every culture is not the same. Everybody's not the same. That's true. Especially, Especially living in South Florida, us ladies. Correct. I know. I was going to say that because, yeah. like, this is the hubbub of internationalists. Yes. Yes. So and it's, mm. and it's great because. Not only do you learn different languages, just so many different cultures, and it's 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 kind of a a good thing, great thing. Uh-huh. The world mm-hmm. the world's getting smaller, people. It is. Yes. <laughs> and and Wanda, even though you are not, uh, you don't have your, even though you don't have your own business, you know you are a radio personality, so right? you deal with other personalities all the time from all over the world. Uh-huh. This is true. This is true. So, you know, how how you know, how is how how is that for you? Well, for me when I'm dealing with people, I'm generally 
if it's it's generally in a conversational mode, so I'm already trying to, you know, create that atmosphere where we can just chit chat and um it depends on the topic, professional or but mostly my conversations are always just uh getting at the, the, the heart of the personality. I, I really just like to know people. So that's kind of how I approach anything. So I, and I guess I'm saying so my conversations aren't generally business like they're always they're generally more uh personality, you know, like just getting to know people a little bit more. I think living so in conversational Florida. like stories, like their personal stories and like that. So mm-hmm. that's you know, it's even even more so. So it's it's less about the business and more about the person. Right. And I find it funny living in South Florida, coming from up north what I remember around me mostly are Puerto Ricans and Jamaicans. So moving to Florida, and being that my background is Trinidadian, I had to be very careful. I never said, oh, you're Jamaican. Oh, you're Guyanese. Oh, you're from St. Lucia. I mean, you're from the Bahamas. Uh, I would always ask because you do you not want to disrespect somebody's background, their cultural background. You know, very important. You can't go by looks. You can't go by full accents because sometimes they blend a little bit. You know, even Absolutely. with um, a Spanish. Bit. <laughs> well, okay, a lot of it, especially, you know, like Guyanese and Trinidadians, they sound very similar. So with Spanish people, I grew up around Puerto Ricans. So coming here with Colombians and people from Peru and Ecuador, South America in a whole, Honduras, Central America, Belize. I had to step back. It is awesome, but I had to step back and stop acting like I knew because now I was in a place where I didn't always know, okay, if you're Spanish, you're Puerto Rican. If you're West Indian, you're probably Jamaican. No, there's a whole bunch of people in the West Indies, different, you know, backgrounds, big and small. So, You you bring up a good point. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Wanda. Well, that wasn't me. I, I'm listening. Oh, I thought you said you bring up a good point. I thought you were going to say something. So no, that was Katrina. Wanted... That, was, that was me. Katrina, oh. Katrina was saying that you were bringing up a good point. Continue. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, you I wanted just, to go you, back you, on you, what you were talking about, Katrina. Mm-hmm. Okay. In regards to the emotional intelligence. And you touched it, and I think it was good that you did that, but also breaking it down for the audience in regards to the high and the low. You know, when people think of emotional intelligence, they're like, what are you talking about? So breaking it down of having low intelligence, low emotional intelligence, not intelligence, is maybe being aggressive, demanding, selfish, passive. It's really hard to manage or even be in your own, you know, business unless you don't have to deal with consumers and maybe you're, uh, well, I can't even say that. I think you're always going to have to deal with somebody at some space. Maybe you'll deal with more people in certain businesses and less people in certain businesses, but you're going to have to deal with people sometimes. And then on the high emotional side, being assertive and in general, in general, it's so funny because people look at assertiveness as a, te- a terrible thing, a terrible thing, 
but it's so funny because assertive is a great thing. A lot of people think that you're being confrontational, but you're not. What about even being patient and stable or even detailed? Some people are like, oh, you're too detailed. No, it's a good thing to be stable and detailed versus all over the place and not being able to decide. You know, I don't feel comfortable dealing with people that can't make a decision. You have to be able to make a decision. So that that's just a little brief because I think it's important for the audience to understand emotional intelligence because we might I don't think they know and they're speaking Chinese or we're speaking Chinese to them. Can you have time to make this decision or do you have to be, be able to make snap decisions on a dime? Because I think sometimes, you know, some sort of thinking about things is always a I'm a thinker. <laughs> no, I'm thinking good. Yep. Yeah, and I'm also spontaneous. So sometimes I'm like, should I think, am I overthinking this? I'm getting, I'm getting much better at it. But there are times I'm like, I've got to make a decision quickly and not overthink it. Because sometimes you're, when you think about stuff too much, no. then other, other people's stuff starts to come in. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like my mom, my Hello. Yeah. Eva, Hi. who is Hello? This? Hello, Hello? Eva? Hi, is this a caller? Hello? Hi. Hello? Uh-oh. You know, I, I don't hear any. Both, um, I think we were both at the same time. Okay. That's funny. Yeah, so that you want to go, that go in to see if you want to go in and see um, who that? Oh, they they got off. They dropped off the line. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, they yeah they dropped off the line. But you know, this is a. I, I think that this has been a very good conversation. I, I think it's been. I think it's been a very informative conversation because when you go into business, there's so much that you don't know, and also uh-huh. you don't know what you don't know until you're in. And you know, until you're in it, until you're in right. it. So, but don't you know, let I, don't I let that really, stop you. <laughs> absolutely, don't <laughs> let it don't let it stop you. But ideally, you know, we just wanted to give a few tips and um, and pointers of um, you know things that folks need to know uh, when um, you know when starting your own business or, or when being your when you when you when you become your own boss. All right. I think we have another caller on the line. It's Eva. Oh, hey, hey Eva. Eva. How, How are, are you? you? Hi, hi. I actually didn't realize we were live already. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Where are you? Uh, I'm in Jamaica. Oh. Is there, is, is there oh. a time difference? Yes. And you know what? Oh, my goodness, Eva. That is, I assumed. See, now, Eva, you are an international traveler. Uh-huh. <laughs> you are international, and I assumed. I assumed Never that you're assumed. in South Florida. <laughs> I know. I know. No, Skype. I'm calling wow. from Skype. I, I, well, no, not Skype. I'm calling from my Jamaican number, but I, my Skype, for some reason, I don't know, it didn't catch on. But, uh. Uh, but yeah, hey, guys. Hi. 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 
Well, we we've been talking, Eva. Um, we we've been talking, and um, you know about the different um, uh, strategies and uh, the different uh, things that folks need to know about uh, when they go into business. And you know, I'm glad that you've um, been able to join us. But and I know that we won't be able to give you justice um, on, on on our on our topic this this time because our, our time is kind of winding down. That's okay. That's okay. Tell us tell us a little bit about yourself. Um wow, I guess I'm an hour behind. I thought I was calling like early. Um I'm sorry ladies, trying to get the uh maybe I, I must have gotten the time um well, it's okay, we'll just go time with it. wrong. <laughs> yeah, so right. uh, I'm uh I yeah, I'm a social worker and I I've moved into you know, online business and entrepreneurship because of, you know, the discrepancy a lot of times in what we see in our paycheck and what we really believe that we're worth. Uh, you know what our service uh, is worth, and so I've I've moved into not only entrepreneurship for myself, but teaching others how to do make that leap, that transition as well. Uh, well, Eva, what I what I love about you is that one of the things that you do is you talk to folks about you you and and uh, in particular you talk to social workers. And you educate uh, social workers and coach social workers, um, having allowing them to have a mind shift uh, to the fact that you don't have to be poor to be a social worker. That you right. can be rich. You can have wealth. Um, tell us Absolutely. a bit about that. Yeah. Well, you know, like I said, I think the the kind of trend or the idea when you hear social work or social workers, nobody ever thinks money. People uh-huh. automatically think, oh, you know, sacrifice or poverty, you know, working on behalf yes. of the poor and, and not being um, paid yourself. Yeah, so, you don't think you're going to make money. <laughs> you don't think you're going to, absolutely. And, you, and you, you know, don't. they teach you that, you know, when I started working on my own kind of mindset and um, wealth mindset, I realized that not only is it a component of social work uh, externally, so, you know, people think that about social work, but social workers themselves preach this. They preach, you don't make money as a social worker. Like, we teach our children this, right? Like, if you Uh know that, let's say, smoking is bad for you, right? Okay. Why would you then teach your children, like, actively give them cigarettes, light the cigarette? This is just an analogy. Um, you know, if you know that it's not it's not good, why would you do that? Um, uh-huh. So I'm I'm on kind of a mission to help us regain consciousness of our words and our ideologies. And then, like I said, to encourage social workers to take control of their own salaries, as it were. And that means traditional social work in agencies and organizations and for nonprofits, that doesn't mean that that is, you know, that's not to invalidate that work. It's to say, hey, you if you want to work in mainstream social work, that's great, but don't rely on that. Like supplement, supplement that work. 
or you can go off and be an entrepreneur yourself. But monetize your knowledge and package uh-huh. it in such a way that other people can understand what it is that you do and then buy your service. So that's really business, right? That's the business side of things. Uh-huh. And the thing is, social entrepreneurs have been doing this, like, or even even companies with social missions. They they figured out the money and they figured out now the social mission. Social workers, you know, they they lead with the social mission, but they're clueless when it comes to money. And then they're frustrated at the end of the day because they, you know, trying to do good is is costing. Absolutely. Now, Eva, I just want to uh, let the folks know um, who they're who 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 you are. Eva Ford, um, she coins herself as an edupreneur. And and to Eva, this means that she has several skill sets, but ultimately she loves to teach. She is a social worker, an entrepreneur, and an online business coach. Uh, Eva is the author of the book, How Not to Practice Social Work, which is an excellent book. And also, uh, My Awesome Transition. Um, and my awesome transition, helping you move from here to there workbook. Um, so you you know you just said some you've been saying some really powerful things, Eva. Um, tell us about you know tell us about what how did you get this passion to to do the work that you're doing now? Right. Well, you know that's easy. I broke. Um, like so, so broke that at one point I found myself um, kind of, I say, scavenging in my backyard in living in Jamaica, and um, I, I literally, like, I had no food. My daughter was with me, and I think the day before, maybe we had eaten like a can of soup or something. You know, like the there were the cupboards were bare, bare, bare. There was nothing in the refrigerator. And I said, you know, this is ridiculous. I got a knife, and I said, I don't care what I find. I'm going in the backyard, and if it moves, if it, I don't know, care what it is, it's, yeah, I've got to eat, and I've got to feed my kid. And interestingly enough, I had never seen this tree before, but there was a banana tree with bananas on it, a bunch of bananas. So I was like, oh, great. Thank thank God, because I really, I don't even eat a lot of meat in my real life, you know, day to day, so I didn't want to have to kill anything. But um, I said, you know, I'm actually, I, th- I thought to myself, this is actually the best day, because I know that I can't get any lower than this. Like, this is the bottom. So I'm excited uh-huh. that after today, it's only going to get better. Like, I you know, I had been reading Thinking Grow Rich and Science of Getting Rich and some other things. And so I felt like, yay, I'm finally at the bottom. Now I can go up. Um, and, you know, we had those bananas, and I moved in with a friend, and I, I kept thinking, you know, I'm a social worker, and we, we help people figure things out. We help people fix their lives. I've got to be able to... You know, you know, I know too much to just be broke. I have to, uh-huh. I have to find out what other people know that I just don't know because I just felt like it was an issue of lack of information, not lack of ability. So, right. um, yeah, I, I got very serious about just you know, finding out what it, whatever I needed to find out, filling in the gaps in my knowledge base as it related to becoming income generating. And I vowed from that point that I was going to help 
other social workers figure it out too because I knew other people that were in my situation, and I do now. So so that's, you know, just like so many other stories, you know, some you got to go through some crisis to have this epiphany or, you know, get real direction uh, in your life. But at least that's how it happens for me. Uh, it's funny because I'm a marriage and family therapist, so I was waiting for this interview. And now it's like I feel like I really need to just speak to you after or exchange numbers because I think what you're given is very important. And um, I'm wondering, can I ask you, are you licensed? So I'm, I've am i been in um, – so the short answer is no. Um, uh-huh. But the longer answer is I'm, I live in Jamaica. Uh-huh. I'm actually the president of the Jamaica Association of Social Workers. And okay. my task is to help bring licensing here to Jamaica. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know that we're going to be able to. I don't know that we're going to be able to to accomplish that within um, my tenure. Actually, my tenure is extended, um, uh-huh. so that's going to have to be something I think that we'll, we will see um, in the next regime. I hope, um, uh-huh. but I. I have a significant other, and my plan is that when I do relocate back to the U.S., um, I'll definitely, you know, seek seek licensure um, you know, <laughs> uh, in in that in that realm. But I haven't I haven't needed it. You know what I mean? Um, right. You know, here in in Jamaica, I haven't I haven't needed it. But you can call. Yeah. You can absolutely. You know, I'm on Twitter at theevaford.com. Um, you can email me, uh, Eva at Eva4.com. You know, you can check out the website, Eva4.com. And, um, yeah, absolutely. I'm really happy to get in touch with On Facebook, Katrina and I usually talk over Facebook. So, uh, And you know what? <laughs> You're you. talking about Jamaica. I have a friend that she's ABA. You know what ABA is, correct? Behavioral, uh, um, she's a behavioral yes, analyst, yes, 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 and she goes yes, uh-huh. to Jamaica, and I think she goes to a couple other countries in the West Indies, and my background is Trinidadian, so I'm thinking uh-huh. the same thing you've been thinking, because in our countries, they're not as developed as America, and they would right. do well with somebody that understands the systems and what needs to be in right. place, because I've also been in the this social field. 16 years. I've been doing it since I was uh-huh. 19, believe it or not. So I uh-huh. think you could still be a gem, and if I could blog about this after or something to still get your information out there for social workers, because, boy, do I have a lot of colleagues, and the only ones that make money right now are the ones that work in substance abuse, and substance abuse is yeah. not my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> right, 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 right. And and the, and so, you know, my philosophy is, look, you know, you've got to be able to enjoy your life as well. And the, my book, How Not to Practice Social Work, it's really uh-huh. about how to t- – it's really a self-care book, right? And it's uh-huh. about, look, take care of your own needs first. Do work that you love. Do things that you love. Fill yourself up, like, really, uh-huh. really good, overflowing so that – it's easy for you to give in whatever way that you can, in whatever avenue you choose. Because um, if you don't want to work in substance abuse, don't. There's tons no. of people that want to, and they're good at it and passionate at it. So find uh-huh. what you're passionate about because you're going to you're going to do it. I mean, I have a mastermind, and I'm often up till like three, four in the morning working. 
And, uh-huh. you know, I I was saying to myself, man, I remember in college pulling all-nighters, and I didn't think uh-huh. I would do it again, but it's because this passion drives me. Like, this is my mission, exactly. right? This is my thing. So find that thing. And uh-huh. I remember not knowing what my thing was and being so frustrated. What's my thing? What's my thing? Um, <laughs> but I would say to people that are listening, if you want to figure out what your thing is, people often talk about, you know, find your passion. But it's not just about finding your passion, the thing that you love. For me, it was finding that thing that I hated. And I hated being broke. And I hated uh, not knowing, you know, what to do about it. And I hated not being, not having the capacity to help other people in my situation. And I hated feeling inadequate. And I hated and I hated and I hated. You know what I mean? I hated, right. I hated all of that. So that, that I became passionate about it. That makes sense, right? Right. Um, it, it wasn't so much what I loved, it was what I hated <laughs> that kind of uh, put me in the right direction for me. And so it kind of I makes me think of, think of Think and Grow Rich, which you already said, that book. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. You you yeah. didn't like being broke, so you made a change and you got at it and you didn't stop. And you made oh, it work. Yeah, no. awesome. yeah. So, Eva, yeah. Um, Eva, this is Katrina, and I know that one of the things that you do is you work with folks who are transitioning from working for others to being their own boss, to working for themselves. Um, also, people who are students who who want to work for themselves. Um, what is that? What are some aspects of transitioning uh, to entrepreneurship? Right. Well, so thanks for asking. I mean, you know, first of all, you know, we we talk about in social sciences, you know, you have your pre-contemplation where you're not even Uh thinking about maybe, right? We we know Uh that, right? Pre-contemplation and and contemplation, right. Okay, Uh so you go through that. So most of the people that I um, encounter are either in that pre-contemplation stage or they're contemplating. Now, um, what happens in the transition is if you're in either one of those stages, you you don't know what to expect going forward. You, you may just um, want to, you know, get out of the situation that you're in or improve your current situation or have a different life for yourself. Um, so one of the things that I you know, one of the, that I tell people is, listen, you've got to prepare yourself emotionally, emotionally, and if you can, financially. Um, and it may not be that you can prepare so much financially, but if you if you're working already, give yourself a little cushion. Um, you know, put start saving for this new life that you're going to transition to. Emotionally, shore yourself up with some people who are in the space already, you know, or who are going to be transitioning along with you because you are going to need all the support that you can get um, while you are transitioning. Pull out all your positive affirmations, like, you know, (laughs) um, surround yourself with influential either people or materials that can support you because you're going to have a lot of frustrating, discouraging down days. I, I don't want to sound like a pessimist, but if you're if you're not aware, I guess, of what to expect or, or if you don't have those 
um, those tools, or at least if you don't have a guide to say, um, you know, hey, you know, check out Jim Rohn or check out, you know, these other people. If you don't have something to kind of keep you going and keep you focused, you're going to give up. You know, I talk to people, too, about, you know, figure out your why before you transition. Um, <laughs> you guys are familiar with Simon Sinek, but may, a lot of a lot of uh, helping professionals maybe are not. But he wrote the book, Start With Why, and it's about asking yourself or your company, um, in, instead of just kind of going full force ahead with your mission or your goal, start with why. Why are you actually doing this? And again, you know, for me, it was because I don't, you know, I know I've got a legacy in me and I know I've got um, a message to share and I know that I don't want to be broke and I know that I can help a lot of people when I figure this out. Um, It was also to show my daughter. I I wanted to show her the extreme from one day, you know, the extreme of not having any food, electricity being cut off, having to move in with friends. I want to be able to show her the opposite of that you know, shopping sprees or, you know, vacation if she wants to. I want to be able to show her the opposite. I want to be able to take care of my parents, you know. So, you know, and I want to be able to give more. Um, And so those are my whys that keep me going. So in terms of transitioning, those are kind of the things that I, I start with. You know, asking people why do they want to go on this journey, what do they expect, uh, you know, and trying to just help them prepare for the journey before we even go on the journey. Uh, let me let me ask you, why is or or let me ask you, when is a transition um totally completed? Um and, and why are some of the changes that happen and, and what are, you know, what are some of the changes that happen during the transition? Right. So I don't believe that a transition is ever really totally completed. I think, I think yeah. um, we're all works in progress. And and the beautiful thing about the journey, I call it a journey, but the beautiful thing about the journey is, um, I've been on this journey now for seven years. So seven years ago is when I was, you know, out scavenging for food. Um, but I'm still growing and I'm still learning. And as I grow and learn, I have different. You know, my goals change, my my um, my growth happens differently. So I don't think the transition is ever fully complete. I think it's a it's kind of a beautiful unfolding, right? And tell me, what was the second okay. part of that question? You know, what 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 should people expect when they're transitioning? Right. Yeah. So you know, I. I did a webinar a couple weeks ago, and it's on my website now called uh, What They Didn't Tell You in School About Starting a Business. And there, I, I think the, the end of that work, there's a workbook that goes with it, with the webinar. And I think the last three pages, we, we, talk, we go through, I think it's about 12 different categories or areas that you, can, that, that you need to kind of consider when you're thinking about what to expect. So what to expect uh, in terms of your changing relationships with friends or with your significant other. And, you know, unless your significant other 
is transitioning in the similar way you are into business or entrepreneurship or growing the way you are, expect to expect not to be understood. I mean, I have a even me, I have a wonderful supportive partner, but he's he he's he's understanding or he's he's patient, but he doesn't really understand what I do. You know what I mean? And I know that if he if he weren't so patient, I don't know that we'd still be together. But I know that there are relationships that have broken up because the person who was transitioning into this new phase of work and life um, either wasn't able to translate well to their partner or the partner just wasn't expecting. So that's one area that you can expect a change in, right? Uh, but, of course, you've got to communicate. Um, another area, expect expect changes in your income. Now, most people that I've spoken to that uh, transition into entrepreneurship, they they never expect how much money they're going to invest, and you've got to think about it as an investment. Now, when I coach people, um, I I use tools and I teach them how to transition as as cheaply as inexpensively as possible, right? So. There's a lot of tools that we use, and I always try to find the free version of these things. And because there's a lot of expense, and especially if you quit your job, which a lot of people end up doing, um, they quit their uh-huh. job thinking that, hey, I'm going to you know, make all this money, which is one of the things I did as well. Um, quit my job and um, was not income generating for years. <laughs> it was only... It was only mm-hmm. um, when I after I wrote my book and started seeing regular income from that because it's on Amazon, so every month um, Amazon makes a deposit, which is great. And you know that so so those kinds of things. The other thing people should think about is that there are a there's a lot to learn. There's a learning curve, and I actually have a blog post up. If you go to uh, Eva Ford F O R D E E B A F O R D E dot com. The first blog post that's there is, um, I think it's called Five Five Things I Wish I Had Known When I Started My Business and How You Can Benefit uh-huh. from My Ignorance. And the, I think the last thing on there is, I wish, um, or the fourth thing was, I wish I had known there were so many moving pieces. And to say that there are so many moving pieces is an understatement. There's a lot of moving pieces when you start a business. And you ladies know this, right? Uh-huh. Um, Absolutely. But, but Absolutely. I think if you're on the outside looking in, it looks just like, oh, somebody took some really nice pictures and they have a blog. I mean, it just looks like five pieces, right? Okay, you get your pictures, you get your blog, you have an email list, you know, you have a product. It doesn't look like a lot, but it's it's a lot. It's a ton. And, you know, right. Like, Nobody's, you know, like, you can nobody see sees all that work that goes behind it, nobody, right? Nobody sees that. And, and you don't know, but the thing is, if you're just transitioning, you don't even know what to expect. Like, right. <laughs> you don't even know. Like, you have no idea, as right. they say. Um, uh, so oh. I think it works. Yeah, that kind of thing. Now, now, Eva, you know, we, we're going to have to bring the show to a close. And I yeah. feel, so I want to say for the listening audience, when you host a radio show, Make sure that you know where your guest is geographically located. <laughs> and, and at the time, you know, so make I, sure I, you're I, on the I, same time. I, yeah. 
sorry. Yeah, I, I apologize for that, Eva, but I'm definitely going to get back with you so that I can give you the benefit of the full hour. Uh-huh. Um, because you're talking about some stuff that we really, really need to know about. So um, uh-huh. I want to ask you how how can how can we contact you? Yeah. So um, please, call, you know, today the work I was doing today was on Twitter. So I'm on Twitter now, um, trying to get more active on that. At and my Twitter handle is the Eva Ford. So T H E E V A F O R D E. So that's my Twitter. I'm also on Pinterest. And uh-huh. I think Pinterest is just Eva Ford or EvaFord.com. That's what it is. Pinterest is EvaFord.com. And then my um, people can email me, Eva at EvaFord.com. Awesome. You you have some YouTubes as well. (laughs) I do have. That's right. Oh, thank you. Oh, thank you. I'm going to have to. I'll pay you very well after this interview. Thank you. Um, I do have (laughs) some things on YouTube. Um, Absolutely. Let's see. What is my YouTube address right now? Hmm. Or your Facebook? I think it, it, it might be YouTube Yeah, yeah. I'm on Facebook as well. Eva Ford. Uh huh. Okay, you got some good stuff, Eva. I'm going to invite you back um, in a couple of weeks um, if your schedule permits. Because again, I, I really want to. I want us to take our time and 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 really delve into. That the transition from having your own business to, um, you know, being your own boss, and, and maybe you can even talk to us, you know, next time we can talk about your book because I know it's got some really good nuggets in it for us. Okay, great, thanks. All right, so we want to uh, we want to thank you, Eva, for being on, and look forward to having you uh, having you on again. And and we want to thank you, our listening audience, for tuning in. To another edition of Positively Affirmative. This is the show where we affirm you with education, information, and resources in the areas of self-care, career development, business building, and wealth consciousness challenges and solutions. I am your host, Katrina Jones, Prosperity Life Coach of Satari Life Skills Institute, along with Hasina Roach, Relational Consultant, and Wanda Miles, radio personality. We teach budding entrepreneurs and adults interested in personal and professional development how to create positive shifts in their work-life balance so they can become the writers of their own life story. Go to our Blog Talk show page and follow us. Also, follow us on Facebook. Join us every Sunday at 5 p.m., bring a friend, and share the wealth Share the wealth. Abundant blessings. All right. Bye, everybody. Have a great week. Bye. Thank Bye. you. Thank you. Later. Later. Nice talking to you, Eva. We'll talk again. Okay. Yeah. So sorry, ladies. Don't mess with me. Okay. No worries. Don't worry. Hey, Don't mess with me. Bye. Bye.